chapter 1, the 27th of December, 2019. Like all commuter horror stories, mine begins in the mean light of early morning. Or at least, officially it does. Kit isn't there when I get to St Mary's Pier for the 720 river bus to Waterloo, but that's not unusual. He's had his fair share of self-inflicted sick days this festive season. An early morning sailing calls for a strong stomach at the best of times, but for the mortally hungover, it's literally water torture. Trust me, I know. In any case, he always arrives after me. Though we live just five minutes apart and he passes right by Prospect Square to get to the pier, we gave up walking down together after the first week, when his spectacularly poor timekeeping and my neurotic punctuality became apparent. No. Kit prefers to stroll on just before they close the gangway, raising his hand in greeting. Confident I've secured our preferred seats, the portside set of four by the bar. At St Mary's, boarding is at the front of the boat, and so I'll watch him as he moves down the aisle, hands glancing off the metal poles, as much for style as balance, before sliding in next to me with an easy grin. Even if he's been up late partying, he always smells great. Like an artisan loaf, baked with walnuts and figs. Kit smells so millennial, Claire said once, which was almost certainly a criticism of me and my Gen X smell of, I don't know, stale dog biscuits. Get us, he'll say, idly scanning the other passengers, snug in their cream leather seats. It's one of his catchphrases, get us. Pity the poor saps crushed on the overland train or suffocating on the tube. We're commuting by catamaran. Out there, there are seagulls. Hmm, also sewage, I'll reply. Because we've got a nice sardonic banter going, Kit and me. Well, we used to. I clear the lump in my throat just as the boat gives a sudden diesel rumble, as if the two acts are connected. On departure, information streams briskly across the overhead screens. Calling at Woolwich, North Greenwich, Greenwich, Surrey Keys. Though by now the route is so imprinted, I pay little attention. Through the silver sails of the Thames barrier and past the old aggregate works and industrial depots of the early stretch, then you're at the Yacht Club and into the dinghy-strewn first loop. The residential towers of the peninsula are on your left, as you head towards the immense white head of the O2 arena. Strung high above the river is the cable car that links the peninsula to the Royal Docks, but I won't allow myself to think about my only trip to date on that. What was done that night? What was said? Well, maybe just briefly. I turn my face from the empty seat beside me, as if Kitty's there after all, reading my mind with its secret, unclean thoughts. Back again on Friday. He grumbled on the boat on Monday night, bemoaning his firm's insistence on normal working hours for this orphan weekday between Boxing Day and the weekend. Fucking cheapskates. Normally, if he misses the boat, I'll text him a word or two of solidarity. Heavy night. Maybe some beer emojis. Or, if I was involved in the session, a nauseated face. But I don't do that today. I've hardly used my phone since before Christmas, and I admit I enjoyed the break. That old-school 90s feeling of being incommunicado. We're motoring now past the glass steeples of Canary Wharf, towards Greenwich. 
the only approach that still has the power to rouse my London pride. Those twin domes of the old Royal Naval College, the Emerald Park beyond. I watch the bar staff serve iced snowflake cookies with the teas and coffees. It's surprising how many people want to eat this stuff first thing in the morning, especially my age group, neither young enough to care about their silhouette, such Amelia kind of word, nor close enough to the end to give a damn about health warnings. Caffeine and sugar, caffeine and sugar, on it goes, until the sun is over the yard arm, and then, well, we're all sailors in this country, aren't we? We're all boozers. Only when we dock in front of the Cutty Sark do I finally reach for my phone, reacquaint myself with my communications of Monday night and the aftermath of the Water Rat's Christmas drinks. I scan my inbox for Kit's name. My last text to him was spur of the moment and tellingly free of emojis. Just you wait. Sent at 11.38pm on Monday, it's double-ticked as red, but there's been no reply. There have been, however, five missed calls from Melia, as well as three voicemails. I really should listen to them. But instead I hear Claire's voice from yesterday morning, the proper talk we had under a gunmetal northern sky 400 miles from here. You need to cut ties. Not just him, Jamie. Her as well. There's something not right about those two. Now she tells me, and I slip the phone back in my pocket, buying myself a few extra minutes of innocence. <laughs>